Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, the show that promotes positive people. Tune in live on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern or listen live and 24-7 at www.wealthysistersradio.com. We know you will be inspired, empowered, and informed by the incredible women featured. And now it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, our host, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, where we are sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group. You can always visit us for all your branding and publishing needs at Wealthy Sisters Media. That's S-I-S-T-A-S dot com. Wealthy Sisters Media dot com. Wealthy Sisters Radio is where we proudly promote positive people, and our purpose is twofold. First, you know, we love to provide that inspiration and encouragement and practical knowledge that you can apply right now to your lives and positively impact your business and life. And second, we must provide that platform, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is another fabulous Monday, February 18, 2013. They call it President's Day. That's right. Well, this is our banner year. We all know it, and we're still celebrating the month of love. So as I mentioned to you last week and the week before, if no one has told you I love you today, let me be the first to say I love you and appreciate you so. And you know what? We're holding to that because we are so grateful for you, the dynamic listener that you are. And so we want you to remember we are here every week at the same time. That's right, Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So we appreciate you for spreading the word. Well, you know, we could talk today about President's Day. There are so many little-known facts out there. But one thing about it, President's Day and any other type of holiday, birthdays, it's always a reason to celebrate and a reason to host an event. And, you know, today's show, that's what we're talking about today. We have none other than top celebrity in event planner and interior designer to the stars, Miss Charlotte Reed of Washington, D.C. Yes, we are so excited to have her on our show today. She has a long list of clients. Her resume is just impeccable. And some of her clients include the Urban League, the National Urban League, yes, the Congressional Black Caucus, a celebrity stylist Paul Wharton, just to name a few. So you know what you want to do right now. You need to go and call everybody, text them, Facebook, Tweet them, tell them to dial into the show and tune in right now at 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. And remember, you can catch this show and all of our other dynamic shows 24-7 at WealthySistersRadio.com. That's WealthySistersRadio.com. And we want to remind you, go ahead and follow us on Facebook so you can keep up with us as well there on Twitter. And you can just find us on the Wealthy Sisters. And do you know you can download this show on iTunes? That's right, you can. You can listen to it right there on your smartphone. So we're not going to hold our guests from you much longer. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will bring on none other than Miss Charlotte Reed. Thank you for tuning in. This is Wealthy Sisters Radio. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. Would you like to reach products professionals? Expose your products and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803. Or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today. Well, we 
are live here on Wealthy Sisters. I want to thank you for tuning in to the show today and to welcome you as always. You know this is going to be another great show, so we want to remind you right now, grab your pens and your paper, get ready for some dynamic information. Our special guest today is Miss Charlotte Reed, and I want to say hello, Charlotte. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Good afternoon, Miss Deborah, and thank you so much. It's a, an honor and a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Yes, indeed. The honor is all mine, all mine. Anytime we have an opportunity to showcase such awesome talent as yours, we consider it a blessing and a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> well, you know, for sure, you know, we at Wealthy Sisters, we always let our guests know we can be a little nosy over here. We like to know the ins and outs, as we say, all the ingredients. Because everybody, you know, they're, they're calling in from this. The lines are packed out. We have listeners that literally download this show from all over the world, and they're looking for that inspiration. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you got started started in the field that you're in today? Sure, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, I am an originally uh, native Californian, born and raised in uh, beautiful, sunny Pasadena, California. Wow. I lived there uh, for most of my formative years and attended uh, University of California, UCLA. And after I graduated with a political science degree, decided to uh, come to Washington, D.C. to do an internship on Capitol Hill. And uh-huh. that internship, uh, I love politics. I thought I loved politics and wanted to work in that arena. And the beautiful thing about doing an internship is that it exposes you and, ex- and exposes you really to a unique field and an opportunity to work in that field without, you know, making a long-term commitment to that. And so it really opened my eyes to politics, and it, and I really learned that that wasn't what I wanted to do, but it was a phenomenal opportunity in that it brought me to Washington, D.C., and uh, that's where I've been ever since, um, working and, and running my business. But really I'm, I spent probably half of my life in, in warm weather in Southern California, and now I'm on the East Coast in, in uh, the beautiful city of Washington, D.C., Wow. So did you ever imagine that, you know, you would be here on the East Coast? Had you had you planned on being on the opposite end of the country? Oh, not at all. I mean, you know, God <laughs> God directs all of our paths. So we don't That's right. I I couldn't have foreseen that. I didn't know cold weather, I didn't know anything about it, and so I came here, did an internship and really uh fell in love with D C. I mean, it's such uh-huh. an incredible city. Uh, just seeing things that I'd never witnessed growing up in California. California is very diverse, but in a different way, and I was just looking for something new and different, and I love just the access to the entire eastern seaboard, and I love the seasons and the people, and it was just so different. And, you know, I'm always looking to expand and grow, and it was an opportunity for me to, to do something different. Mhm, mhm, mhm. And so you said you were in politics, um, starting that internship, and you worked in that arena. What What was it that made you say, you know, interior design or event planning? How can you share how that transition came about? Sure. I think I naturally uh, in in college, uh, I worked for an event planning company. And I had always had a knack for interior design and uh, coordinating events. Uh, I come from a large family. I have seven brothers and sisters, 13 nieces and nephews. So Whoa. every event, every event in our house is an event. So growing <laughs> it's a up major that, event. <laughs> it's, it's a major event. I mean, you have no idea. Uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving is there. There are large, large events in our in our house, but. Um, everything is an event. So, you know, I did barbecues for friends or I would help folks decorate their homes, and I really had a natural gift for putting things together. And people would tell me that all the time, and I said, oh, yeah, but that's, you know, I thought it came so easy to me that I just, I did not take that uh, seriously initially as something that I would do professionally. You know, mm-hmm. I was headed down the political path. And mm-hmm. really, once I explored the political path, had the opportunity to do the internship and work on the Hill, 
I realized that that is not, it didn't really fuel my spirit. And mm-hmm. I really needed something more creative. Mm-hmm. So um, naturally I stayed in the in the political arena because that's what, you know, I got my degree in and that's what you're supposed to do. And I tried that and I worked for a lobbying firm and I worked for a trade association here in D.C. and worked in uh, government affairs, public relations, uh, excuse me, public affairs, um, and worked in very different uh, sectors trying to really find my way and kept coming back to the creative. Mm. And so eventually I really just got still and understood that the creative is really where my gifts and talents were, and that's really where I was the, what I was best at, and that was the the place where I needed to be. Mhm, mhm. So was it? Would you say, like today, looking back, was it a, a, a gradual uh, turning, or did you do you remember like a, a, an epiphany or something that happened to make you say, okay, this is what I'm going to consciously focus on right now? I think it was a combination of things at the time, Deborah. Timing is also uh, was a key part of it. I'd worked for companies, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, had had many successes and had been promoted and really felt confident in the uh, corporate arena that I had done some good things, but I really didn't feel like it was nurturing my spirit and I mm-hmm. didn't feel I was able to really feed that creative side. So mm-hmm. after working for um, uh, a top uh, firm here in D.C., I decided that, I really wanted to do something for myself. And, you know, you put in very long hours when you work for a company and you help to build their brand and you really represent them. And I thought, you know, if I can work this hard representing someone else, I could do, you know, I could do pretty well representing myself as well. So I really prayed about it, thought about it, talked to my, you know, circle of influence, folks that I trust, and, you know, had a lot of tremendous support. And folks said, you know, you're already doing it. Anyway, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just go for it? And uh, that support system is critical because, you know, folks really pushed me and said, you can do this. This is, this is right. you've got this. So I just made a definitive decision. I picked a date and I said, you know, this will be my final date and I'm going to make a transition. And I let all of my good friends and family know that I was, stepping out on faith, and uh, I would be calling folks for business, and I did. And I called and reached out and said, you know, I'm now open for business, so what do you have for me? <laughs> right, right, right. Wow, it's so many principles that, you, that you've that you mentioned because, you know, the first thing you talked about, well, one of the main things I'm hearing you say is that circle of people around you. You obviously had some good um, resources Around you, and we talk about that a lot on the show about how important it is to those influencers around you. Would, would you like to elaborate more on that? Sure, Deborah. I think you know your influence, your circle of influence, the folks that are around you. And I say circle of influ- influence because it is truly a circle. It is the folks mm-hmm. that have an influence and impact your life, and you as well influence and impact theirs. And mm-hmm. you know, you it's critically important to have a group of folks around you that believe in you, that you can trust, that you can bounce things off of, that you can uh, really share with. It's really like your, I I call it like a spiritual board of directors, folks that I can just call on and ask them questions and they will say, you know, this is a, a good business decision or not. But it's really just having a circle of trust that, that can support you, and I think it's critical because if you have a circle around you of folks that are not supportive, it could be mm-hmm. extremely detrimental because those folks don't believe in you, don't believe in your dream. Unfortunately, we know there are folks that, as we say, haters, folks that don't want to see you succeed because it impacts, they think it impacts your life. I don't believe that at all, but I think everyone has their own individual success and individual path, but Right. Really, really important not to have naysayers around you that don't see your vision and dream because it will tremendously impact your vision and your light and the way that you operate because you listen to folks that that don't have the same um, perspective as you. So it's really, really important 
and sometimes it's family, friends, colleagues. It's a random group of folks, but it's really important to keep your circle tight and and really um, positive. Right, 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 and and that's so that's so critical, and I'm glad you mentioned that too because you know it could be family, it could be friends, but it seems like the people that you had around were probably business professionals or had some type of insight or expertise in in business or knowing timing and all of those things uh, to be able to give you advice or to for you to bounce things off of, meaning you wouldn't just bounce something off of someone that wouldn't have experience in that particular area. Correct. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I spoke to folks that have been successful in business in general, so not necessarily mm-hmm. in my arena, right. um, but definitely as uh, strong business women and men that just had done very well on their own in multiple businesses or franchise model or uh, very different markets. And you just look to them and look at their success and say, how do I how do I become successful? Give me, share your strategies and tips. And if you surround yourself with people that are successful, I believe inevitably you will become successful. If you surround yourself with people that are negative and not doing anything, eventually you will become uh, part of that same destiny. Right, right, right. But it is, it is finding it's finding mentors, it's finding folks that just are willing to tell you, uh, you know, just to share good, good information. I think information is critical, and I think one of the uh, most important things about being an entrepreneur is that you share resources with other entrepreneurs. So, you know, if you know a great attorney or if you know a great accountant or a great service that could benefit an entrepreneur, I'm all about sharing those resources so that we all benefit from that as, right, as, was, right, shared, right. as was shared with me by other entrepreneurs. So that that is a an important piece of the puzzle. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So tell me, what what really inspires you, you know, with your work? I, by you being an event planner and an interior designer, I can see how those work wonderfully together. Mm-hmm. What, what is your inspiration and the source that you find to to allow you to produce such a, a great company? Deborah, I think I find inspiration in in many different uh, areas, but, you know, I find inspiration in nature. I find it in beauty. uh, I find it in in just music. um, I find it in love. I find it in just people, in people. I find it in kindness, uh, community, uh, philanthropy. Like, I'm inspired by so many things daily that it is easy to be inspired. I mean, I love inspiration, and I tell people that's my my motto is be inspired. That's my license plate. That's everything. I say be inspired. Be inspired by something. Don't look for someone to inspire you. Be your own inspiration and inspire others. So I think there's so many, uh, there's so much beauty around us that we forget. You know, we're moving at 100 miles an hour. Everybody is texting and tweeting and speeding and everything happen so fast, I think that we forget sometimes that the simplest things that inspire us sometimes are, you know, just flowers or a great symphony or, um, you know, just an incredible glass of wine or, um, you know, sharing quality time with with, uh, great friends and family. So I'm inspired by so many things. I mean, I'm just inspired by, you know, always trying to live a better life. I mean, that's really what inspires me daily. Yeah, you know, being inspired is is so important, and and a lot of times I've heard guests mention on the show as well about it. Just seems to be that theme right now about being present, and that's that's what you're saying. You know, being able yeah. to observe the nature because by you being a, an interior designer or an event planner, are you saying that? Being inspired is something just unique to your field, or can someone else, should they take the time and be inspired by those things around them on a daily basis? Absolutely. I am just one, I mean, everybody should find something to be inspired by, no matter what you do. If you work in a corporate arena, if you work, um, it doesn't matter if you do volunteer work, 
if you're a stay-at-home mom, whatever you do, you find inspiration to right. motivate you every day. And it is definitely it's, it's available for everyone. And I think you have to define your own inspiration. Some people are inspired by uh, their failures. Others are inspired by their family or or tragedy or, or things that have happened. So I think that, you know, you have to find your own inspiration and, you know, it's it's very personal. It's very, very different for everyone. Some people are just inspired by colors or motivated by different things. So you find what inspires you, and then you actively keep that around you. So, if that's, mm-hmm. again, if it's flowers, you have fresh flowers in your house. If it's music, you have incredible music playing. Whatever that is, you find it and that you use that to motivate you to, uh, you motivate you to do bigger and better things. Mm, 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 mm. I love it. If you've just tuned in and you're listening live to Wealthy Sisters Radio, our special guest is Charlotte Reed, and I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host. And she's just sharing some, I mean, we hadn't even been into the show a full 30 minutes, and she's blowing me away <laughs> with these. I just love it. And, and you, when you think about um, the meaning of inspire, we know it is to breathe and to inhale. And it, we, that's something we all have to do to continuously live. So it's so important, like you're saying, to to find that inspiration because that's going to keep us living. And, you know, like you hear the quotes, that uh, there in some songs, is that song with Nicki Minaj, and I think Drake says it in that song. Um, what is this about life? Or, I can't think of. Uh, if I could have this moment, uh, something like that, and you oh, know, like this. everybody lives, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. That's it, and that is so true. You know, to bring that inspiration into our work and what we're doing. Now, Absolutely. when you. When you you meet a client or um, and you uh, with someone that's planning an event and and uh, or perhaps designing their home, how do you? What are some of the suggestions that you would give to uh, a new entrepreneur in this field of event planning or interior design? What are some fundamentals that they need to keep in mind in order to successfully help their clients? Well, I would say in both interior design and the uh, event planning arena, uh, when you're first meeting with clients, the most important thing you can do is really to spend some time, even if it's a short amount of time, getting to know them and listening to them. Because if you listen to the client and get to know them, it's really uh, helpful and you can incorporate that into your design planning and, of course, into your event planning. Uh, for example, um, you know, if your client mentions they have an affinity for a certain type of, of um, food or colors or they were inspired by trips to uh, around the world or they're, they're extensive world travelers, that's something that you really want to incorporate into their design, for example, uh, in their home. So it's really important to listen to your client, and really find out what their needs are so that you can accurately uh, assist them and and give them, you know, give them what they're looking for. Uh, something else I really believe in is always giving clients more than they expect. So bringing something extra to, for example, a design. Um, if you're doing designing a home, you find out about the family, what they like to do, how they live, how they entertain, and I really like to find things that are unique and eclectic and bring those together that really represent the people, the family that lives in that home or the bachelor or the, you know, retirees. You really listen to them, and I really try to tune into their life and tune into what's important to them and have that reflected in beautiful things in their home and also incorporating what they already have. So if they have beautiful things or if we're, and redesign, we always try to pay attention to what's important to them, and then my job is really just to enhance that beauty and make it well-rounded, pull it all together, and really inspire them to stay home more, make that Mm -hmm. space so inviting and comfortable that they love to entertain and spend quality time and create wonderful memories at home. You know, that is 
so good because a lot of times you, you even mentioned in the, earlier um, in the show that we are so busy, we're on the go, and you can notice if you drive through some communities, nobody's <laughs> ever home. It's dark and the lights are all off at the home, you know, in the evening. Nobody's home. Everybody's around. And we're wondering, you know, what is their space like? Is it something that's mm-hmm. making them want to go home? And that's important. <laughs> <laughs> it is very important. And I think it doesn't matter Deborah, what size your home is, if it's a, mm-hmm. a one-bedroom uh, apartment or a single unit or a, you know, 50,000-square-foot mansion, what is most important is that you walk into a house you want it to feel like your home. You want right. to reflect the life that you live or the life that you want to lead, and you want it to just be warm and inviting. So, you know, you can walk into a uh, just a really simple space that is inviting, the colors are beautiful, and you just feel at home. And when you when I come into the home, when I come home, I feel like everything is outside of my front door. It is That's where I want to be. I like my candles, and it's just a great environment. And that's what I want for my clients. When they call me and say, you know, the best feeling for us is, you know, we've had these new memories at the house because you, you know, brought in a fireplace or put a fire pit in our backyard or, you know, made something that just makes the space more livable and more enjoyable because we just don't spend as much quality time at home. So the time that you do spend in your home, I think that it should be, just really uh, rejuvenate your spirit and really restful and peaceful and full of joy and great things. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So true. And and when you're speaking to those, again, um, we know that, that there might be some who are wanting to start an event planning business, and I get uh, quite a few uh, calls from now and then of, of people who are wanting to start an event planning business. And one of the things, one of the reasons they listed is what you mentioned in the beginning, that, you know, you, you might be from a large family, every, you're the go-to person in that family regarding events. You've always organized it. That's that's important to have that. But what are some of the fundamentals of business they need to be prepared for in in starting their event planning? Because I'm sure it's more to it than just the fun mm-hmm. of the party. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'd say uh, really the fundamentals for any business, but specifically the event planning side, Deborah, I would say they would have to have extreme organization skills. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd be able to uh, handle stress very well and be have a very um, cool demeanor where they're able to handle stressful situations with ease. And, mm-hmm. you know, your clients never, never want to see a stressed look on my face because if I'm stressed, you know, my client can't have a good time. It is my job to absorb that stress Make sure that the party or event or wedding is seamless. And if there is an issue that arises, which there always is. I was going to say, you, yes. <laughs> there always is. There's no way yes. that we've done that there's not something that happens. You know, we've done right. beautiful events and, you know, the rain set up for a beautiful outdoor uh, wedding vow renewal that I did a year ago, outdoor by a pool beautiful home, and, of course, we had torrential downpour for two days and the day of the event. So you have to be flexible. Um, mm-hmm. You have to be really flexible and know how to pivot quickly and be solution-oriented because mm-hmm. things come up and you can't, you have to be able to move quickly to a solution. No one wants to hear about the problem. Clients only want solutions, and that is a really big piece of it, being solution-oriented, handling large amounts of stress, being organized, um, and giving clients, again, always giving them a little more than they expected, having a surprise element. I love to do that with my clients, something extra. So, you know, Mm -hmm. framing a picture or something that they didn't expect, paying attention to what's important to them and finding a way to incorporate that into into the event. Um, But really it is is about being – uh, just a strong, really advocate for your clients. So 
if you're negotiating with a hotel for an event, you strongly advocate for your client to try to get the very best, whatever that means. If that means throwing in valet parking or how can we get an extra 20% discount, that is the event planner's job to handle all the details of the event from A to Z, soup to nuts, and make sure all those details, details are handled well, and that's managing the contract and any and everything that, that could possibly fall between the cracks. So I'd say you really have to have a, a strong sense of, of self and just know that, you know, you, you really you can't be afraid of it. That's, that's the first thing. It's just you have to really attempt to do it and see if that, that is what you're good at and that's what you're passionate about and at least give it a try and see if that's something that you really want to do. It doesn't mm-hmm. hurt to try, but if you don't try, you'll never know. So, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. that 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 those are some of the basics I would say with any uh, event planner. And then it takes time. It takes time to to do events, and uh, most people see the end result. They say, "Wow, this wedding is beautiful," but everyone knows it takes a year to plan a wedding. It takes months to plan large events, and there's a thousand details that most people don't know about. And your job is to not let them know about the details, just make it happen. Right, 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 right. I mean, could you imagine, you talk about being solution-oriented and handling stress. Could you imagine what was going on at the Super Bowl when the power went out? For I, the I, was I was there. I was there <laughs> oh, in, in New Orleans. It is, yeah, that is, that is a situation that you never want to see happen. But, you right. know, I think that uh, you, there are certain things that just happen. You have no control yeah. over them. Right. And really, Deborah, a big part of it is how you react to that. So if you overreact right. and say, you know, it's raining outside, what are we going to do? You don't. You just get the umbrellas, we order a tent, we change things right. around, and we say, how can we keep it moving and make this happen? And that is really, half of it is really how you react to the um, challenge. Right, right, right. That is so true. You know, I, I hear the quote um, often said that, you know, life is, it, life is not about what happens, but it's about how you respond to what happens. That's it. It's like <laughs> that's true because it, there is life is going to bring you what life does. So, wow, yeah. Well, we have questions in the chat room. Our lines are just packed out. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio, and our special guest today is Miss Charlotte Reed. Um, we've got a question in the chat room. Uh, they're excited to have you here. Great guests. They say they were, were wondering what some of the what are some of the obstacles you have faced in building your business, and how did you deal with them, Charlotte? Some of the obstacles that I've faced. Uh, early on, I think was uh, because a lot of my clients are friends. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the challenge for me initially was how do you charge your friends, oh, even though you're providing yeah. a very valuable service and they know that you're providing a valuable service. For me, one of my personal challenge was how do I separate it and say, you know, this is a business you're my friend, I want to do this for you, you know, but I obviously mm-hmm. this is what I am now making a living on. So for mm-hmm. me personally, that was a big challenge because my network of friends became my mm-hmm. first network of clients, and they mm-hmm. really still are to till this day. And so mm-hmm. I just had to figure out, you know, it's a delicate dance, and really my clients, some of my good friends said, you know, you're not charging enough or you're not doing this. So they really came back to me and said, listen, we want you to help build the brand. This is what you did for us, but you can't do this for anyone else. They really mm-hmm. helped to push me in that direction. So mm-hmm. I'd say that was one of my challenges personally. Um, another one is just figuring out how to manage your time. As an entrepreneur, you you know, when you go to work, you go to work 9 to 5, 9 to 6, and your day is over. As an entrepreneur, your day doesn't end at 6 or 8 or 10 o'clock or, right. you know, your right. day ends when the work is done. There's no, right. There is no five-day work week as an entrepreneur. And managing your time and balancing your time is something that you really have to master, uh, your time, your talent, your resources, because you will find, let's say, you uh, plan this project out and you said, oh, it's only going to take me four hours to complete. Well, it takes you 16. 
You can't mm-hmm. go back to the client and say, I didn't know it was going to take this long. All they want is the end result. So mm-hmm. you really have mm-hmm. to learn how to bill your time, manage your time, and mastering that takes takes a while. It really does because, you you know, it is it – is, um, it's just something you have to learn. I, there's no other way to to put it. You can read incredible books on time management, on marketing yourself, on all of the, the best business books, but a lot of it is just learning through experience. But I would say right. figuring out that is would be critical to learn earlier earlier on. Right, right. And and like you said, that balancing of time, that is that is so important. Uh sure. it, it's especially when you enjoy what you're doing, <laughs> how do you or what do you do for yourself, you know, to, to balance? I heard you say you come into your home, you light your candles. What what are some other things that you do to maybe shut it down <laughs> when you need to to give, to give others in the family some time? <laughs> well, the problem, my biggest challenge is that I don't shut it down, Deborah. I haven't really mastered that at all because – I love what I do. I really do. Right. And, you know, my phone never stops ringing with random questions. How do you do this? Where can I find this? And that's really part of my life. And I am a resource uh, for a lot of my clients for random other things that, you know, they use me for supporting them. So I find, you know, the way that I balance it out is, you know, my job is a lot of fun. and The work that I do is a lot of fun. And I am blessed to work with great people that are my friends and family. So most of the time I go to work, it doesn't feel like work. And so that really helps to keep my stress levels down because I work with incredible people. And what I do is bringing joy to their lives. I'm, you know, decorating their homes and pulling things together and doing their events, and that really gives me a a great sense of joy. So that part of it is, is, um, you know, I get a lot of joy every day, but I would say, my, you know, when I come home and I have time, when I finish my work, and I just immediately, when I come home, find a way to balance it out, even if I'm working. So it's lighting candles or having music on. You know, I'm up late till 2 or 3 in the morning, whatever you have to do to get the project done, but I just keep a very peaceful space, and that helps me to really manage that, manage the balance. And then when I have time, uh, the other piece is I love, love, love to travel. So I travel whenever I can, and that really gives me, uh, you know, new sources of inspiration but an opportunity to just totally unplug and relax. So that's really that's really what I do. I try to vacation uh, several times a year and get in little little breaks when I can. Yes, yeah, that is good. That is good that you know you you're able to do that and and you promote that as well <laughs> because Absolutely. it is it is when you enjoy what you're doing it is hard to shut it down. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes, indeed. So you know if you just tuned in again, you're listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Our special guest today is Charlotte Reed. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Um, we're going to learn more about a special project that she has, uh, Living is Giving. I love that. We'll learn more about that when we come right back. Stay tuned. This is Wealthy Sisters Radio. Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. Having more money won't solve your problems, but being a trusted client of Visionary Financial Strategies will. Your help begins on the web by contacting vfstrategies.com. That's vfstrategies.com. Or 410-929-4837. Again, 410-929-4837. At Visionary Financial Strategies, every financial move must have a purpose. Visionary Financial Strategy. We are live back on Wealthy Systems. Thank you for one of you that you can catch this show and all our other shows on iTunes. 
iTunes. Yes, that's right. We're on iTunes. You can find us there on the Wealthy Sisters. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well. And then, you know, anytime you want to catch this show, you can also go uh, to Blog Talk Radio and download it right there. They're immediately following the show and catch our other ones as well as we are celebrating our fourth season. Yes, yes, and we owe all of that to you, our dynamic listeners. So, Back to our day's guest today, Ms. Charlotte Reed. You have a foundation uh, that you started, uh, a charity. Tell us about that, Living is Giving. Sure, Deborah. Living is Giving, Living, excuse me, is Giving was started a few years ago. Uh, I had the privilege to go to Ghana, uh, West Africa, for um, to do some volunteer work. I was working, doing some HIV, AIDS, awareness, training, education. Uh, it was my first time to Africa, and I really wanted to do something unique and go there and volunteer. And so I did, and I went for a six-week program and stayed with a village. I stayed in a village, no running water, uh, you know, really um, – just a very impoverished community. And um, while I was there, it was an incredible opportunity just to see Africa, see uh, some of the most beautiful people I've ever met, the most generous people. And one of the things that really uh, just bothered me was that, of course, a lot of the children there don't have food, water, don't have a lot of things, the basic, basic, basic resources. But one of the things that bothered me was that the children, a lot of the children don't have shoes. And in order to go to school in Africa, in Ghana specifically, you have to have shoes to go to school, something that seems a little backwards to me because if the majority of your population in these villages don't have shoes, um, then you should have, you know, schools without shoes. But that's another issue. So one of the things that I did when I was there is I just sent an email back to a few friends and said, listen, I'm going to extend my trip if you can all put some boxes together and send me some clothing, some toys, uh, some just some basic supplies, toothbrushes. Uh, I saw a lot of children sharing toothbrushes, just things that the kids in the United States uh, generally do not have to deal with, so much that we take for granted. So, you know, not having shoes was one of the big things that bothered me. No toys. Literally one entire community would play with one soccer ball, bust it up. They'd have a tape. They would be playing with that soccer ball all day, every day. So um, I just felt that I needed to come back and do something and had an opportunity to um, come back, oh, while I was there, I, I had friends send things, and I got about maybe 10 boxes, a short amount of time. We got boxes, and we were able to distribute those in the immediate village that I stayed in, and I just saw the joy that it brought kids. It was simple things. It was, you know, toys, uh, black dolls. It was things that they had never seen, books, just small things that my friends put together quickly and sent, and I said, if we could do this this quickly in two weeks, what could we do if we spend some time and really organize an effort? So I said, you know, I'm going to be committed to getting some shoes. One of the things in the boxes that came were the shoes were the most sought-after things. I mean, like people were literally lined up and fighting to get shoes for their kids. And once I got the understanding of the importance, I said, well, you know, everyone I know in the in the U.S. has 10, 20, 30 pairs of shoes that they don't need, especially mm-hmm. – just we have excess. So I came back and talked to a few friends, and I said, you know, I'm going to do a shoe drive. We are going to just gather some shoes, and we're going to send them to Ghana. Don't know how they're going to get there, but we're going to figure it out. It's very expensive to ship things, so it doesn't make sense to ship a box of shoes that's going to cost $800 to ship. So I said, well, we'll figure it out. So I said, I partnered with a couple of friends, and we put shoe boxes in a couple of uh, businesses in uh, in the area, about five businesses, and we just sent out an email, and I said, we got two weeks, let's see what we can collect. Our goal was 500 pairs of shoes for this, which was about two villages uh, where I was living. 
and we were successfully able to collect about 4,800 pairs of shoes. Oh, my. And in it two was weeks? Amazing, wow. In two weeks, absolutely. It was during Thanksgiving, oh. and the day after Thanksgiving, we met in a friend of mine's store's warehouse, and we sorted the shoes. I invited friends over. We had about uh, 15 people come and, and, no, and their children, and we sorted shoes for a few hours, and it was phenomenal. And mm. so that really was the uh, beginning of Living is Giving, and our first project was the Walk in Our Shoes project for Ghana. And it was an amazing it was an amazing experience to be able to go back to Ghana. It took a while to get them shipped, but I was blessed to meet someone, a friend of a friend who uh, underwrote the shipping of all of those shoes. He put them on a cargo container uh, mm. with, and he shipped them. Uh, he's from Ghana, but I mean he's a amazing amazing, generous young man, and he helped to expedite through customs and all of the challenges that you have in moving things through Africa, and we were able to literally distribute them to the to the villages and to the orphanages and everything that we promised. I mean, it took us two years to do it, but uh, it was an amazing, amazing feeling to go back and be able to, to deliver those Wow, um, wow, shoes. that is so, that is incredible. That yeah. is incredible. Why? Why do you think? You know, because uh, this is. It seems like everything is. It happens in a theme. You know, like you. Mm-hmm. You didn't probably hadn't heard some of our other interviews, but one of the main things we've been talking about is being socially responsible. Why do you think having that type of consciousness as a business owner is is important? I think it, it is. Just it's fundamental to being successful in business. I think that there's a law of reciprocity that uh, runs the universe, and I think that you, what you really, what you reap, what you sow is is an old, obviously, a biblical quote. But I think more so than that, that what you put out in the universe, you get back tenfold. So you just spread. To me, if you spread kindness and generosity and give back. Across the board, you just never know how it's going to come back and help you. And you don't, when you do that, you put things in the universe, they do come back in ways that you could have never imagined. So I think you have to. I think that if you're in a position where you're able to help people, uh, you have to. It's just that is just the law of the universe. That's just, I think, that's what makes humans amazing is that we can help and support and 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 give people that are not as fortunate as as we are. I think it is just it is fundamental to businesses. I think finally corporations have figured it out and come up with these great social responsibility departments. And I think it's phenomenal that they're giving back. But you know the universe doesn't work if everybody's a taker. Life doesn't work right. if everybody takes. You have to have balance. And part of that is is that that the yin and the yang is that giving and taking. But you know, we need much more. We need many, many more givers than we do uh, takers. And there's so many people that, you know, are willing to give. They just don't know how to give. And so, when there's an organized way to do it, people are happy to support you. They just may right. not have the the wherewithal on. I don't know how to start it. I want to help. I hear people say that all the time. I didn't know you could do that. Well, yeah, you just have to you have to remind people how easy it is to give, how mm-hmm. easy it is to do something small. You know, random acts of kindness is not an overrated statement. It is something that is real that you could do every single day and impact the lives of somebody in a way that you could have never anticipated. Mhm, 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 mhm. Because you know, like you said, it is, it is, it is what we do that comes back. It is that law of reciprocity, and it feels good. I mean, when you're able to give, it's a, it's a great feeling when it's freely giving. And you know that it's it's you're helping someone because did you did I hear you say you were able to actually go back and physically or were, um, with your first project there with the shoes were you able to go back and see yes, them receive yes. it? Oh wow. yeah, I, I definitely I had to. You really have to oversee a project like that and go back mm-hmm. and make sure that it go gets into the hands that it's supposed to. Unfortunately, uh-huh. there are forces along the way that you know are corrupt and. 
Right. So some of our some of our shoes were didn't make it off the cargo. They had to be given out as gifts, and you know, right, lots of folks had to get. Uh, lots of people needed to be um, taken care of. of along <laughs> the way to make our ride a little bit smoother. So uh, I would say I definitely went back, and uh, with the help of friends and family, and went and I stayed. Uh, three weeks, two to three weeks, and we were able to go around. And, again, moving through Africa is not the same as, you know, getting a box truck from budget rent-a-car rent and going around and dropping things off at a church. It is it is uh, painstaking. So, again, I had some great help on the ground there, friends in Ghana uh, from years ago that just came through. And, you know, we were moving things in regular cars, boxes at a time, to this village and boxes at a time. And, you know, you had to keep it in a very secure place because word gets out and people will, literally people will be lined up in front of the house hearing that you have shoes. So we really, it was a it was a very delicate process, but, oh, it was, there's no greater feeling in the world than being able to do something like that. And, you know, I would encourage everybody to just find a way to to make a difference in their community locally or wherever you are. But mm-hmm. it was, uh, yeah, it was it was one of the highlights of my life, I'd have to say, Deborah, in in, in um, delivering those and being able to go back and see the looks on those children's faces, but their parents' faces, knowing that they could go to school and just, you know, just giving them an opportunity, something really small, but just an opportunity to really have, you know, just have something that they hadn't had before. Mhm, mhm, mhm. That's beautiful. And are you all working on new projects, or how can someone, if so, become involved or be able to donate to what you're doing? Well, we have done uh, other projects since then. We did a backpack project with some um, uh, Haitian orphans last year with some students mm-hmm. here in DC. I went to mm-hmm. Haiti uh, two years ago with a dear friend of mine. Uh, Marcia Dyson, uh, who does a lot of work there in Haiti, and invited me on a uh, trip to see the country and really learn more about it. And we went on a on a mission down, and again, I was inspired. And we came back and did a backpack drive uh, for some students there. We did one in um, Dominican Republic with Haitian orphans, excuse me, in Dominican Republic. So. The next project that we are working on, there's a couple different things that we're working on. Uh, mm-hmm. Folks in Ghana, of course, have asked me to come back and bring <laughs> bring another shipment uh, of shoes and clothes. <laughs> so uh, I think that that will be something that the next big project will be something similar to that because it's been now three years. So, um, But we're always doing smaller projects. But, you know, I think if you have an opportunity to – to galvanize a large group, we want it to be organized. So uh, mm-hmm. I would say just check my website, and we will have we will have information on what our next big opportunity is, and that's um, com and we'll have uh, information about what our next charity uh, venture will be. But there's always something. A lot of our stuff is just local, easy, something that we need to do here in the community. But for a large concerted effort, it will be on the website because we want to be able to, you know, make a huge impact wherever that will be. But, you know, I just I inspire people. I mean, I would encourage people to just look around them. There's always small things they can do in their community. I mean, here in the United States, there's a tremendous amount of need everywhere. So look, you know, to your neighbor or your uh, someone in your school or your church. There's always ways to help and get involved. To get involved. No, there's exactly. really no, excuse, no excuse why we can't do something ever. Right, right. That's I mean, just I mean, if it's paying for the the toll fare or paying for somebody's Absolutely. gas, people look next to, or or Absolutely. in the grocery store picking up somebody's tab. You know, you just never know who and how you are helping that person. If you can do it, definitely and, do it. And, yeah, and do it. And I say. And one of the best ways you can do it is just do it quietly. So, That's right. you know, if you're in Starbucks and you see someone behind you in a uniform, a military uniform, you know that they have made tremendous sacrifices for this country. Buy That's their right. drink and step to the side and say, like, pick up their drink or someone is having lunch. Whatever it is, but you see people struggle. People see it, and to me, it's, there's no greater feeling. Be proactive and just do it quietly and then 
you know, you, you just never know how you change someone's lives and how you impact them by doing just something kind. It's, it's a tremendous, tremendous um, thing to do, and I think that it really just it blossoms and it continues to grow. Mhm, mhm. And you mentioned give them your website again because I know we have people in the chat room who are interested in learning more about you. If they want to get in contact with you, uh, what's your web address again? Sure, Deborah. My web address is charlotteyreed dot com, and it's C H A R L O T T E middle initial Y R E I D dot com. Charlotte Y Reed dot com. Charlotte Y Reed and that's R E I D dot com. Love it. Correct. Miss Charlotte, what would you like to we have about two minutes left in the show. What would you like to end and uh, leave our guests with today in closing? Sure, uh, Deborah. Thank you again, I would like to say, just for the opportunity to spend this time with you. I, I think it's a tremendous honor. So thank you for that, and 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 I would just like to close by saying um, I think that everybody that is pursuing um, entrepreneurship or whatever that they are pursuing, I think that it is so important to really pursue your dreams with passion. I think that, you know, time is of essence. If you're thinking about starting a business or you have a hobby that you know that could be profitable, I think that you just, Take the risk. Like just step out on a on a step out on faith and know that your friends and family and God will support you and guide you. And I think you just have to do it. You have to make a decision. I think because procrastination, we say procrastination is the assassination of motivation. Because people people sit around all day talking about they shoulda, woulda, coulda. Just get uh-huh. out there and try it. Get out there and do it. Entrepreneurship is not for the pain of heart, but if you sit home and you talk about it and you don't do it, you'll never know how great you can be. And I just say you just got to get out there and do it. Don't procrastinate. Just get out, try it, and just don't let anybody anybody, um, tell you that you can't and never let other people uh, just diminish your dream. Never. I love it. Oh, wow. That's spoken like a true entrepreneur, a true champion, Miss Charlotte Reed, <laughs> who has been our very special guest today. I love it. She said, where there is vision, there is provision. That's right. That Never let right. anybody Absolutely. take it from you because it's you your your vision, your dream, and Absolutely. they can't tell what your dream is. And just imagine, Charlotte, what would we have today if nobody or if everybody felt that way if everybody allowed um, someone else's opinion to dictate their future. We wouldn't have anything because it's always going to be an opportunity to believe in yourself. So thank you so much, Charlotte. We appreciate you. Again, I want to encourage everybody to go to Charlotte's website. That's Charlotte Y. Reed. R-E-I-D dot com. And are you on Facebook and Twitter as well, Charlotte? Yes, ma'am. You can reach me on Twitter. It's Charlotte Reed Design. And I also have a blog. at uh, The blog is the chocolate resource dot blogspot dot com. Awesome. So all of that, all of that is available on my website. All right. The chocolate resource. I like that. Yes, <laughs> I like that. That well, once is, again. That is me. So thank All you. Right. I, the, the pleasure was mine. Thank you, and much success, continued success to you, and we look forward to seeing you again in the near future. And as always, to our powerful and awesome listening guests, we want to thank you for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio today. We want to remind you, if you just tuned in or you want to hear this show because I know you want to take the great notes, you can catch it. It'll be available in a few minutes here, available right at the Blog Talk Network, or you can download it along with all of our other shows on iTunes. Remember to follow us on Facebook under Wealthy Sisters and Twitter as well. And as always, stay tuned for next week where we have another powerful guest for you. We are wishing you, you know it, the best of everything great. Again, thank you for tuning in today. This is Deborah Hartnett signing off, and we will see you next week. Have a great day. Yeah.
This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for another positively impacting show next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wealthy Sisters and on the web at WealthySistersRadio.com. The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our hosts, staff, or partners of our Wealthy Sisters Radio. Hello, Charlotte.